yeah, the story was that um, Luis, and I always know that he, when he's angling for this, right? He's like, I don't feel good. I can't go to school today, blah, 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 you know? And, I, and, and at this point, I'm like, okay, stay home, whatever, right? So I go to work, and at like 1 o'clock, I get a phone call. And this is the phone call, by the way. This is pure Luis. If you break something, are you still able to move it? That's what he says. <laughs> no intro or anything. <clears throat> and I said, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I was on my bike and I fell and I think I really hurt my knee. Well, what were you doing on your bike when you stayed home sick today? It was so nice. I had to go out. It was so beautiful. I had to get out. Did you have your helmet on? No. And so I said, just, you know, go home, wash it off, you know, put some ice on it. And half an hour later, he calls and he's like, I think I have to go to urgent care. So we went to urgent care. But yeah, walk it off. Yeah, walk it off. Nothing broken, nothing, excuse me, nothing, um, you know, pulled or anything like that, but just a big gash. And He has you in the, and that the helmet wouldn't have helped his knee any. Right. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have helped his knee. <clears throat> However. But you still have to be the mother. Well, and also, it, what if he, he said he, he fell the way he did to protect his head, right? But what if it hadn't worked and he'd mm -hmm. hit his head? Right. And so, you know, while we're in urgent care, you know, I was giving him sympathy and all that. But at one point I'm like, I'm just going to tell you now I'm really mad at you because you didn't wear your helmet. And, you know, we just went through this thing. I mean, it wasn't our personal tragedy. It's the kid's family, but his friend just was killed in a car accident. Right. right? And, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, right, right, whatever. So my head, my head spun around and. Was there any aspect of karma? Did you ever approach that by pretending to be sick so you can't go to school and then your knee gets hurt? Well, I didn't I didn't say it the way I said it to other people. Like to other people, I said karma. You know? right. mm -hmm. To him, I said, I just said, why were you on your bike since you were sick? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I said, because he knows. Like he said to me the other day, he always knows when I'm thinking that. He's like, are you going to tell me now that it was my fault? Not not about that. It was about something else. And I said, I don't have to. You obviously know the way I think now, and you can right. say it to yourself. <laughs> you could slap yourself. I don't have to. <laughs> are these discussions that you have with him, or you too, Bailey, is it miles away from when you were a kid? Um, I'm thinking about these quiet, objective discussions about why I am angry with you. You know, when I was a kid, those didn't happen. Parents didn't talk to kids like that. There was no logic involved. It was just yelling and screaming. Go and, to your room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those happen too. I mean, we have the yelling and screaming ones. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I never, I don't ever really remember talking to my parents at any level. Right. Yeah, I don't think I do either. And also, I mean, the dynamics were different too, because I had three older brothers in this early 60s, we were going through all that mm. stuff. Yeah. And I had a young, a younger brother who was... Were they hippies? No, but they, you know, did their drugs and, I mean, they weren't... Yeah. They were druggies, yeah. They were drugs. And, um, <laughs> and then my younger brother was nine years younger than me and my mother had him when she was 39. So she was completely absorbed with, with him. And my father was kind of, you know, sitting in their other room doing a crossword puzzle. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, I have conversations with my daughter that I've never, ever, ever had with my mother. Yeah. And just because they just didn't come up and, and I wasn't really looking. For, I wasn't looking for it the way she might looks for it. 
or looked for it. I might have been able to have, are we going to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, psychologizing because that's... Parenting, yeah. That's what we're all about. Rabbit holes is what we're all well, about. Well, you know, up until a certain age, like in my 20s, I basically was, my father and I fought tooth and nail, you know, and until I finally figured out, I'm like having the fights with him that my mother doesn't have, right? Like mm. she couldn't, she couldn't do that. So I was the one who did it, right? Mm. Because he was, you know, a typical Italian dude and, you know, he's thought about things certain ways. And to my mind, most of the ways he thought about things were just not right, you know. And so and then finally it struck me like, I'm not mad at him. I just I'm not I'm done with this, you know. And so so if we hadn't had that dynamic, maybe I could have talked to him more. But like with my mom, you couldn't tell her anything because she would take it internally like you didn't get the support you needed you got someone else who was just worried about it and fretting about it you know and that so i learned not to really talk to her about anything hmm. she was know? internalizing it yeah, it, and, yeah and that's not what i needed right you know right. i needed a mom that was more like logical and she was just i mean she still is very emotional mm -hmm. you know very like it's all there and for me that's not really what works well she was like rita moreno <laughs> she was not only did she look like her but she acted like her i don't know what right. rita moreno is really like but anyway so i never ever had those discussions yeah. with them and and the one time in my 20s when i did tell my mother something very personal very personal and I told her, don't tell dad. And she immediately told my father. And he came to you and No, you? He, no, oh. he didn't. But I just knew he knew. Right. We were brought up, I guess, to, to talk about things like that. It, it, this kind of public school, rational, scientific, Judeo-Christian. You know what I'm saying? Probably not. I don't know what I'm saying. No, I know what, you, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I... I mean, it's not like I read Dr. Spock, but I know that that whole thing influenced a whole generation of people. Right. Treating kids as adults, or at least not the way kids used to be. Kids right. used to be just yeah. baggage. No, you're right. Can they go to work yet? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also the, there was, there are the parents that spent too much time discussing. There's also that sort of slippery slope. Right. If you spend all this time, you know, oh, let's talk about it. And why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And the kid's five. The kid's going to, you know. So so there's definitely time yeah. to do that and an age to do that. You can't do it too early. Yes. Otherwise, you have, you've established no boundaries, no, no discipline, none of that. And, you know, I, it is so, somewhat a generational thing because I feel like we were the generation in the middle of that, uh -huh. in the middle of the children should be seen and not heard and everyone's a winner and everyone's valuable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're in the middle. Like I remember it, Luis was in a play group and because I, you know, came to motherhood late, all the moms were like, you know, 20s and early 30s. Mm -hmm. And I remember like talking about something with them once. And there was one woman in particular who was just the the stereotype of a mom like that right like who is like you have to discuss it and i remember saying someone said to me well what'd you tell louise and i said i wanted to say you know because i said so just like joking <laughs> and and she's like oh you can't do that blah, blah 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 and i'm like yeah actually you can sometimes and that's what i do sometimes right. you know it's it's really interesting because i you know i think you can go too far either way mm-hmm mm -hmm. It, it's that line between are you a parent or are you a friend? Right. Yes. That's a tricky one. 
Yeah. It's a very tricky one. And, you know, at his, at Luis's charter school, which I did like, I liked it a lot. You know, I felt like he got a good education there and it was a good community. But the teachers used to call all the kids friend, mm -hmm. you know, like a friend. Are you supposed to be over there? And I was like, yeah, like he has a name. I don't want, <laughs> and I want, yeah, well, he, not only does he have a name, but like, I don't think of you as having a friend relationship right. with my son. It's like, you're the teacher. It was kind of you know? just, they were trying mm -hmm. to address everyone the same way so that yes, someone and, is not better or worse than the other. Well, you know, you're probably right about that. And, and I know that the reason they did that was, had all good intentions, you know. Right. But right. that was like one of the things that I wasn't as fond of. But on the other hand, they really taught kids to um, like appreciate other people and to be kind to other people, even if, you know, the kid is not ever going to do that in his life or whatever. But they really made that part of the school culture and that was cool. Like I remember when I went to look at the schools because there was the public school that he could have gone to and there was this school. And I remember when I walked in, every, in every classroom there was a kid, no matter how young, that said, welcome to our school. I was so impressed by that because at the public school they didn't do anything like that. All right. So anyway. Sweet. You encourage your kids to call you by no. your name. <laughs> you haven't gone that far. No. That, that, that's no. that next step. That, no, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that, you know, that might, I feel like that maybe was a thing in the 70s, was it? Yeah. 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 Or in the 60s. Well, I think it's, I think it was later it was too. I think what you're talking about that, the latest generation, I think there's some really? of that still. A friend of mine, I know that she has like called up her kids' college professors, you know, and I will never, mm -hmm. ever do that. I mean, right. I I gave up a lot of that after he was a sophomore in high school. You know, like now I'm like, okay, excuse his tardiness or excuse his sickness, you know, his absence. And that's about it because I, you know, wanted him to learn to do it on his own. And also it's your responsibility now. Yeah, we've definitely, we've been the same way with our kids. We've really taught them to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I know it's really uncomfortable calling to order a pizza your first time, but You'll get there. It's fine. And, you know, then and then you do all those little things and then it gets time to maybe go get a job and you have to talk to someone or fill out an application. And and that stuff just it just builds up until, you know, they're OK with it and they're OK with calling when they don't agree with their credit card bill or whatever, because you've built in those little steps along the way. At least that's what we've tried to do. So and hopefully it'll pan out. <laughs> They'll be good adults. That's a good way to do it. Yes. Yes. Is everybody recording? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am. Go on. I had a moment at, at three o'clock in the morning the other day. One of those, you know, you wake up and how dismal <laughs> the world is, how how close you are to a full-on depression at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. And, and I was thinking about my entire life, and this relates to this. I feel like I was clueless my entire life. I was struggling all the time to figure out or not even to bother figuring out mm -hmm. what was happening or where I was going or what would happen next. You know, looking back on it now, I think if I could start over again, knowing what I know now, that's that's a mm -hmm. common thing. It, at every age, when I was seven, when I was 24, when I was 35, I feel like I didn't understand the world, you know? Is that just because that's how I was, or is that how everybody is, and the pretend not to be, or I don't know. It was just the moment in the early morning when I thought I didn't have any 
sense of where I was going or what was, or even what was going on. You know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine literally last week who's about uh, about really? your age, Walt, who like mm-hmm. she and her husband own this amazing home you know, that they've done so beautifully, like this big old Victorian. And she is just, uh, and she's always like well decked out. She had a career. She's got three kids, although, you know, her relationship with them isn't super great because of what happened with her first husband and stuff. But, uh, you know, she's really involved in the community and blah, blah, blah. And she said to me the other night, I feel like I haven't done anything with my life. Mm. I've had like no success with my life. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so bad uh, but i relate i mean i do relate mm-hmm. well it's 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 how you interpret success too I mean, yeah success you know passing a bill in congress is success learning how to ride a bike is it just raising your kids i mean it's different for everybody so maybe she was looking right. at it from a different, different yeah I, it wasn't so much success i was thinking about as just where was my head oh yeah throughout all those years and uh and uh i don't understand what happened you know if i had had a better understanding of of the world at that time. Like, Bailey, you're talking about teaching your kids to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the depth or something. Yeah. I didn't have the perception to understand what, what I was doing or to have, I don't know. It was just a funny feeling I had. Like, I, I, I never thought I understood the world I was living in. Right. I think it's really common for people to think in some way like that. I, like, I don't feel like my friends was super different from your feeling did you always feel like you knew what decision to make or even that there was a decision to make? Or do you all feel like you stumbled through years and years? Well, I think that you kind of you have to sort of stumble, too. I mean, if you sat around and overanalyzed and planned things out so perfectly. That never works. You know, what good is that? Yeah, that's not that much fun, you know? So you go out and you make some bad decisions and you, right. you move on and you just, I mean, I think there's some sense of, of just kind of getting through too, just going from one to the other. So stumbling is the human condition. Yeah, oh, I think so. Don't you? Yeah, I think in and in different mm-hmm. ways. You know, like I feel like I stumbled until I was about forty because I was just always thinking that I had to have a, a man, and I had, you know, I had to be married, and I had to be having kids, and all this kind of stuff, right? And then when I finally realized what I really wanted. It was like, oh, okay. And then, like, from that time on, believe me, and I'm in one of those right now. I'm, like, in a very, like, depressed state these days, right? But, like, from then on, generally, it's, I've been quite happy, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and it was when I dropped those things that I thought, you know, like, I feel like I was stumbling because I was doing something that wasn't really true to what I really wanted mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. You were trying to fit a mold that was not necessarily your mold yeah i was mm-hmm. i was and like right now just determining like where to retire mm-hmm. or what to do with retirement you know like i really want to do what i want to do you know so do you feel down in general because of the world does that affect you much yeah it does me for sure. yeah yeah we'll watch the news every night or Chuck likes to watch the news. I usually listen to it off and on during the day on the radio. But Jack will come and he'll be like, oh, God, do we have to watch the news? <laughs> and then he, right. you know, turns around and leaves the room because for him it's just, it's awful. Everything about it is awful. And I and I, right. I try to tell him, you can't live with your head in the sand. You know, you got you to gotta listen to some of this because. <laughs> come on, you're 17 now. You've got a, you've got a role to play. <laughs> I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's very hard to watch the news, to read, to listen to 
there's things I just turn off now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Self-preservation. Um, for my book club this week, we read this book called Weather. It was, it's, and it's pretty recent. Um, it was a very interesting, first of all, the way it was written was really interesting, but I won't talk about that, but it was very current and she's worried about climate change, about Trump, about, you know, her kids, about her, her addicted brother, you know, and, and at the same time, it's quite funny, you know, but by the end, I was, it, at first it was like sort of light reading, but by the end I was just like, holy fuck. It was just all this stuff that we are all worried about. The pandemic was in there too, I think. But is it, is it weather W E A T H E R or W H E T H E R? No, W E A W E A T H E R, and um, it was really good. And she has another book called The Department of Speculation that maybe I want to read now because of this one. Yeah, that sounds good. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But you would, I bet both of you would like weather. It was. Uh, but it is like at the end, you're just like, oh my god. But did you feel good? You know, getting into all that, or yeah, no. So so what? So but you're suggesting that we want to. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, bring us down <laughs> so we could feel like we want to walk out, walk out into traffic. Yeah. You know, I thought it, it really was. Yeah. It, it had a unique way of expressing right. things. I just it was it was, um, and I thought maybe it was just going to go on for one chapter, but the whole book was like this. It was just like short paragraph after after short paragraph on all it, it none of it was connected like in within that page but ultimately there was all the but it was really interesting <laughs> i don't know i liked it a lot when i wasn't totally depressed by it yeah we're all we're all walking around semi-depressed or trying to avoid the world. I I made the mistake last night of watching Midnight Cowboy. I had never seen that. Oh really? Believe it or not, had never seen it. Really? And that one song, wow. that one harmonica song, that is so sad. I mm-hmm. I remember the song, but I didn't connect it with the movie. Mm-hmm. And that song alone just made me cry. And when I got into bed that night, I kept thinking about that song and almost crying. Then you dreamed and cried in your dream. Practically. That's the state of my my <laughs> yeah. emotional health right now, yeah. you know? And then you turned on you turned on Ali Wong and watched her for a bit. <laughs> I need to. I need to. Did you watch any of that, Bailey? I did. I, I watch I watched a uh one of her specials with Rachel. We were in Boston. We were watching. Yeah. It you know, I, I think she's super <laughs> short. Because if you did, you see that movie she, "Always Be My Maybe." I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, she's a little. Oh yeah, short. no, I didn't see it. It was cute, but like she was short, rocking next to Randall Park, and then I saw she had platforms like this high. I'm like, she must be three feet tall. <laughs> we actually, I commented on that. We were watching one of the the specials, and and they had a she had the standard stool with the water on it next to her, and when she stood next to the stool, it was like at her shoulders. <laughs> it was tiny. <laughs> So uh, this is a, on totally different tack, but I was uh, on the way back from Boston. We were we had listened to a, a Dak Shepherd podcast. She, Rachel loves them, and uh, I was like, "Hey, you want to listen to another podcast?" So I pulled up our uh, factoid one. Oh, and so we listened to it together, and she actually really liked it. I mean, she doesn't know you guys. And she thought it was really super entertaining. So she was, and I didn't even ask her what she thought about it. I just listened to her and we reacted together on some things. But she was, it was fun. It generated a lot of conversation. So it was good. It was good. I was glad to listen to it with her. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's funny. My friend Joe in Connecticut, who I won't identify any farther, he he just listened to that one. And he said it made him laugh out loud. Oh, oh, good. That's cool. He especially liked Kim Wasabi (laughs) Restaurant. (laughs) 
Oh, Bailey just did a spit tag. You know, I think you probably should give us his last name because I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. That's true. <laughs> I think you're trying to make yourself feel better about that horrible, horrible pun. No, he actually said that. Okay. Uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> all right. You probably don't remember our last episode. We ended, we all said, thanks for listening to Charboiled Chats at the same time. And then I said, it, that's, it was okay, but it sounded like hard-boiled cats. Like what? Or was it someone else who said that? Like hard-boiled cats, did you say? You don't remember that? <laughs> Bailey, it was you that said it. I was trying to take credit Boiled for it, cats. You actually said that. No. I love that phrase, though. Oh. I'm sure you did. hard Boiled. Oh, no, I said, um, I didn't say hard-boiled cats. I said... Uh, you said that was good, but it sounded like hard-boiled cats. It doesn't sound... Yeah, it must have been something else. <laughs> no, I, I must have been mumbling because I've never used that expression cats. before. Oh, I was thinking of cats actually <laughs> boiling. <laughs> in a pot of water. <laughs> I think what I said, Walt, was herd of cats. Oh, herd of cats. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, but, but hard boiled cats is so much more evocative. But then, but then, but, but that's what you said. <laughs> but then Grace said, hard boiled cats. I like that. See, I don't remember that. I feel like that phrase is so funny to me that I would remember it. And I bet I just said, herd of cats. I like that. And you just misheard it, Wally. That must be it. And you just wanted to hear, he wanted to hear hard boiled cats. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to insert that part in here now. <laughs> yeah, to prove it. <laughs> that would be funny. And you you've listen been listening to, Char- to Char- 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 Boiled Chats. Cats. But does it sound like hard-boiled cats <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we say it together? <laughs> hard-boiled cats. Wow, I like that. Hard-boiled cats. I think what I said, Walt, was herd of cats. I'm going to have to insert that part in here now. But does it sound like hard-boiled cats? <laughs> oh, no, I said, um, I didn't say hard-boiled cats. I said uh, hard-boiled cats. Thank you for listening to Charboiled Chats. Like, share, comment, subscribe. We'll see you next time. Oh, no, I said, um, no, no. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound. Like what? No. I think what I said, what I said, I think what I said. Hard boiled. Oh no, I said, um. Like hard boiled cats? Did you say? No.